My wife has been getting phone calls from her first husband, Roger Armis told me. Threatening calls? You might say that. He's been dead for four years. Armis sat in the visitor's chair across the desk from me. He looked like a reasonable man. Early fifties, expensively cut gray hair, lightweight summer suit, also gray, with an off-white shirt and a pale blue tie. But looks can be deceiving. I once had a client who could pass for a bank president, and he claimed aliens were beaming radio waves through his toilet. Armis, by the way, was a banker too, but only a branch manager. You did say dead? I know it sounds crazy, he said. Has your wife seen this man? No, he's phoned Vivian half a dozen times in the past few weeks, but she's convinced it's him. Did she recognize his voice? Armis nodded, and he told her certain things that only the two of them could know. Such as? His face flushed slightly. Intimate things. Sex, you mean? He nodded tightly. He was too much of a gentleman to speak of such matters. A lot of guys, though, weren't. Isn't it possible her first husband discussed the, uh, details of his sex life with his drinking buddies and that it's one of these characters who's been calling, perhaps disguising his voice? That was my first thought, Armis said. But Vivian says definitely not. She tested him with specific questions. There's no doubt in her mind. This man is her first husband. Back from the dead. Armis shifted in his seat. It would seem. I assume your wife is of sound mind? Yes, of course, he said with some impatience. I got out a legal pad and a pen. All right. Let's back up a little. What's her first husband's name? Martin Blylevin. How did he die? In a plane crash. A small plane. Just he and the pilot were on board. Where? In Arizona. He was flying from here to Tucson on business. Did your wife identify the body? No. Blylevin and the pilot were burned beyond recognition in the crash. But the police said there was no doubt it was them. What did they match? Fingerprints or dental records? I don't know which, but Martin Blylevin was pronounced officially dead. The FAA, the insurance companies, everyone agreed. There was a funeral, and his remains lie in a grave in Crown Hill Cemetery. And now he's... come back. But of course, it can't be him. Armis hesitated. No, of course not. You don't seem entirely certain. He heaved a sigh. Logically, this man can't be Blylevin. On the other hand, I can't ignore Vivian's beliefs. She's a sensible, practical woman, not given to hysteria or wild imagination. And she is 100% convinced that this man is Martin Blylevin. I see. And why exactly is he calling now after being gone for four years? He wants money. Four hundred thousand dollars. We have to have it by next Monday, a week from today. Or else what? If we refuse to pay, he'll come forward, 
present himself to the authorities and explain that he was never on that plane and that he's been suffering from amnesia for all these years.